Well, you probably notice there's quite a resemblance between Gordon and I. Right? I mean, we look almost identical. <laughs> almost identical. He's got, right, Gordon? you got this little gray stuff going down here, right? I've got this little bit of gray stuff going like here and here. And, uh, you know, Gordon's got that shaved head going on, right? And, and God is kind of taking care of mine from the back forward. So he's kind of taking care of getting that shade for me. And Gordon wears jeans, and I wear jeans a lot too. And of course, the vest, right? Gordon wears a vest, so I wore a vest today. So you guys can see you know, who I am. And I said, well, maybe it's confusing because I kind of look just like Gordon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of this part of it. And I'm going to set that over there so there's no confusion any longer about who I am. So I think some of you can see who I am. What does that say? What? I'm not famous. I'm not a famous guy. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a Bible scholar. I didn't go to seminary. I'm just a guy like you guys trying to get from A to B. And some days I do okay, and some days I don't. So some days when we get up and we, you know, put our pants on, I do just like you guys, I put my pants on one leg at a time, right? But with COVID, we don't put our pants on anymore. We put our sweatpants on. So in the morning, I get up, I put my sweatpants up. Now, my wife, Vicki, is sitting right over here, and she retired just a couple of months before I did. I reti we retired about three years ago, still working uh, two days a week, and I still work out of my home office because of COVID for the last year. So since she retired first, she made it very clear to me, very, very, very clear to me, that the person that retires first gets to make the rules on retirement. Now, I, I assume that was it. That's what I was told. I'm just going to live with it. So her rule was no noise in the house before 7 o'clock a.m. A.m. So I get up in the morning, and I reach down, and I grab my sweatpants right at the same spot that I hung them up before I went to bed, right? And I put them on, and I notice that my pockets are on the outside of my sweatpants. So I've got them on inside out. So I take them off, turn them inside out again, put them back on, and my strings are on the back. So I take them off again, turn them around, make sure I got everything right. I put a leg in, making sure that my pockets are where they belong. I'm sure of that. I've got the string in the front. I know that's right. And I pick my leg up and stick it down on my pant leg. And then I'm doing one of these, because I've got both my legs in the same pant leg. So I'm banging against the bed. I bang against the nightstand. The table is rattling back and forth, and the lamp is moving on it. And then in the morning, 
I get to hear the sweet voice of my wife as she wakens up in the morning. I know this isn't what she says and how she says it, but guys, this is what I hear. There isn't a guy here that hasn't heard this before, I guarantee it. So with all this ruckus going on, she says, what are you doing? You heard it? What are you doing? And the answer that we give back, guys, is nothing. I'm not doing anything. So I, I don't get it right every day. I mess up. I make mistakes. My re relationship with my wife, I don't do it right every day. With my kids, I don't do it right every day. With believers and friends and family, I don't get it right every day. I mess up. And that's who I am, and that's how it happens. We have to just kind of be there and go forward. So that's why this. That's why this is on. That's who I am. And that's how we're going to get started this morning. We're going to go this morning, and uh, we're going to take this airplane ride. And so nobody wants to you know, get on an airplane unless they know where it's going. So we're going to tell you that the big idea today is while you were waiting, God is listening. And then God speaks in silence. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? So hopefully when we get to the end of this, when this plane finally lands, that you'll get the realization that God speaks to believers. God wants to have communion with all his believers. And we have to listen. We have to listen for his voice. So that's a bit awkward. I didn't hear anything. It's a little strange. You know, there's parts in the Bible where God's quiet. God's silent. The years between the Old Testament and the New Testament is 400 years. And it's talked about as a time that God was, that God was silent. But he wasn't not working. He was working. He was still doing stuff. If you go back in the Old Testament, generations upon generations roll through just one book. But you understand that not every minute of every day is written in the Bible. So it may appear, it may appear that God is quiet and not doing anything. And he's taking a 400-year God-sized nap. But that's not the case. Let's take a look at Matthew in the New Testament. Right before this, it's the lineage of Jesus. It's, I call it the begotitudes. You know, and anybody says, would you please read this? No, that's the, I think that's, nobody wants to read that, right? It's because you can't, you can't pronounce all those names. You know, it's called, I call it the begotitudes. So this is what it says right after that. There were 14 generations from Abraham to David. There were 14 generations from David till they got exiled into Babylon. 
And then from that time, there was another 14 generations before Christ is born, before Jesus with us, the Messiah, was born. So there was stuff going on in those years that we thought God was quiet and God was silent. And if we go forward into the New Testament, we go to the book of John, we see here that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. I mean, how big would the book have been? Right? It doesn't mean he wasn't doing stuff. It may not just have been recorded. So maybe there's a whole lot more going on than we're aware of. And and maybe it would be nice if we could take a look and see some of that stuff. But maybe it would be nice if somebody would have had the vision to have written down some of the stuff. You know, God doesn't speak to me. I don't hear, I don't hear his voice. Those are the kinds that I hear from people. Well, it would be nice if somebody would have written this stuff down. If somebody would have written somewhere, somebody about the creation, it would have been nice if that was written down so we could read about it, right? It would be nice if somebody wrote about Noah. It would be nice if somebody wrote about the exile. It would be nice if somebody wrote about the coming of Christ, it would be nice if somebody wrote about his crucifixion, and it would be nice if somebody read about, wrote about his, reserva- his resurrection. Wouldn't it be nice if it was written down somewhere? What well, is? And you're reading it? Are you hearing it? I hope. It's all here. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Why sometimes we don't think we hear the voice of God speaking while we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting for him to do something and move in our lives. Well, we're going to meet David, I think. There he is, David. Amazing piece of work by Michelangelo. And uh, Vicky and I had an opportunity to meet David in Florence uh, a few years ago. Unbelievable how real life that is. Uh, not, not the David, but that guy, the stone David. Um, and it's crazy how real life he looks. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about David because that's all I know is a little bit, you know, because I'm not this guy. You know, I'm not the famous guy. So I'm going to just start off telling you some things you may already know about David. So we know that David started out as, what was it first? He was a shepherd, right? And, and the shep- he was a shepherd. He probably spent a lot of times out in the fields watching his flocks spending a lot of time by himself. We know that he had a special relationship with God, a man after God's own heart. We've heard that. We know that he was a skilled musician. Let me just read what Samuel says about him. So in the book of Samuel, it says, David was a skillful musician, a man of valor, a warrior, a wise in speech, a handsome man, and the Lord was with him. David had a lot of quiet time with the Lord. There's a lot of times David didn't get his sweatpants on right. You know what I'm saying? David had a lot of problems. David, on some days, was a hot mess. He was a hot mess. But he knew that the Lord was with him. 
And he was assured of that. And he sang to God. He worshipped God. Saul brought him in. He was so impressed with him that he brought him in to his chambers and he would have David sing and play his harp for him to soothe him down, to drive out the, the evil spirits from him. So David was quite a character. He didn't always get it right. He didn't get it always right. And some days he was a hot mess. Let's take a look in the book of Psalms if you want to follow along. This is a cry of David, and there, there's a, I'm going to talk a little bit about a pattern that David had in his communications with God. So it's come here, all of you who fear the Lord, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God surely has listened, and he has heard my prayer. Praise be to God, who has not rejected my prayer, nor withheld his love for me. Spend much time reading the Psalms from David's words. You know, this is a pattern where David cries out to the Lord. Um, my heart go, always goes back to Psalm 13. I'm not going to put that up. You guys, hopefully you take a look at it later. But Psalm 13 is a classic where he says, God, where are you? I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you. I don't see you here. Don't you know the mess I'm in? Don't you know that these guys are laughing at me over here? I've got to have this fixed. I've got to have it fixed now. Why are you making me wait? And at the end of that chapter, he says, praise you, God. I praise you, God, for what you do. So David would put his worries and all the mess that he stirred up in the hands of God. Praise him. Here's my mess. Praise him again. So that was the pattern. You'll see that flow over and over and over again through the scriptures. It was not a one-way conversation where David, hey God, look here, this is the mess I'm in, look what I've stepped in, and I, I can't get out of it. Get this fixed, and uh, let me know when it's done. Thanks. Boom. It wasn't a one-way time. God, I praise you for making me wonderfully. I thank you for creating the world. Here, here's my situation. Help me, God. Help me, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So this is the pattern that he was in when he spoke to God. But there are still days when he was one hot mess. But I think one interesting thing that sticks with me out of that scriptures that we read was he said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, O Lord, the Lord would not have listened. I think David unlocked a key here we're going to talk about in a few minutes. David understood that between his conversation with God, if there was sin there, if there was sin there, there may have been some static on the line. Don't get this confused with disconnect. We're not talking about being disconnected from God. We're talking about the connection is there, but it's staticky. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. So that's where David was. And I'm sure he was just beside himself at times. Why, why, why? I can't wait any longer. Get on with this. Fix this mess I'm in. But praise you, God. And I thank you for who you are. So we had those words of assurance. We also, if we go to the book of John, 
In the New Testament, we get some more comforting words there that says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God is there. God is there. He said he's going to be there. He's there. The Bible tells us he's going to be there. He's there. The connection on God's side is solid. It's rock solid. The connection on our side, eh, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. So do you hear God? Do you feel his presence through the Spirit? Maybe it is on our end. We're going to look at a few possibilities that maybe this is where we need to take a look at. I think. There we go. We're going to talk for a few minutes about the connection. And again, the connection as a believer, as a believer, is never broken. You're sealed. We're going to talk about spending the time with God. Maybe you're just a little bit too busy. And then we're going to talk about how to listen. Listen with intention to hear. It's a big difference. I'm going to take a quick time out because I want to go through the gospel with you just, just briefly. Um, I was in a Bible study a few years ago, and uh, one of the men alongside me said, John, you need to preach the gospel to yourself every morning when you get up. And I thought, well, we preach the gospel. I mean, I know the gospel. I understand it. He says, no, no, you need to preach it to yourself every morning. You need to get up in the morning and you say, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was God. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. Did you understand that? That God is the creator of everything that was, everything that is now, and everything that's going to ever be? God is the creator. That's his role. And also understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Lamb. He's the sacrifice for our sins that we can't cleanse ourselves. John the baptizer called him out when he was, comes walking down by the river. He says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. God the Creator, the Son Jesus. So, who's the Holy Spirit? You ever think about it? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit, I believe, again, this is who I am. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is a gift that Jesus Christ picked out for us. I think there's some similarities to the fact that God gave us the gift of his Son, and Jesus sort of gave us the gift of the Spirit. So I kind of think maybe Jesus picked the Holy Spirit to come be with us. He could have picked Paul. That might have been kind of cool. Could you imagine having Paul live forever and be able to walk around and go from church to church and come in here and preach to you guys? Could you imagine listening to Paul, the Paul's preach from up here? How powerful that would be. Or maybe, you know, maybe it'd be Peter. 
Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, we'd be jumping off of boats. We'd be whacking off ears. We'd be, I don't know the man. Right? It'd be Peter. Maybe it'd be Thomas. But I doubt it. Boy, that's, that was good. I was wondering. I was wondering if you guys were tracking with me there. I was wondering. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's take a look at uh, John 14. Now, to set this up a little bit, Jesus had had, had dinner with the guys, and uh, you know they broke bread and had their blessings, and they were getting up and they were taking a walk. Now, this is literally hours before um, the crucifixion. And I don't know whether they knew what was going on exactly or not, but they, they were taking this walk with him, and he was sharing with them some information. He was trying to, to, to soothe them, to settle them down, to explain to them what's going to happen. And he said, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. And if you love me, right before this, it says, if you love me, and if you follow my commands, then this comes in. He says, I will ask my Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you, how long? Forever. Forever. Done. We know that Jesus was here for a short period of time. Left. We know that Jesus is going to come back sometime. I'm not sure I want it to be today, but he's going to come back. So we have this gift of the Holy Spirit that's giving to us by Jesus Christ. I don't know, just a little side note, I, I don't know, we, we celebrate Christmas, and we should, the coming of the Christ into our lives. And, and, and we should celebrate that. It's a great thing. Emmanuel, God with us. And yet, I don't know, when the Holy Spirit came in at Pentecost, man, it just seems like that should be a big celebration. Every year, it seems like Pentecost should just be a huge, huge celebration. Because that is the God that's here with us. For how long? Forever. Forever. So that's kind of what it is. I know there's been times when people have talked about the Trinity as being an egg, and you have the hard part, and then you have the, you know, the white stuff, and then you got the yellow stuff in the middle. And some people have described the Holy Spirit as being like water. You know, you can have liquid, and you can have steam, and you can have, you know, ice. It's all water. So they try to get their head around what's going on with the, with the Spirit and the Trinity, and, and I don't know that we can do that. I think that kind of sets everything too short. Anytime we try to put God in a box, it, we, we just aren't going to get there. We just aren't going to get there. You know, God is, is indescribable. I don't know how you can even begin to describe who He is. He's uncontainable, untamable, as is said in a couple songs by Chris Tomlin. So you can't get Him in that box. How do, you, how do you describe that trinity? I don't know. Believers, it's okay to say, I don't know. 
It is by faith, in Ephesians says, it is by faith that we have been saved. It doesn't say it's by what you know. Thank you, God. It's by our faith. So our faith fills in the I don't knows based upon Scripture. So let's move along. Let's get the plane moving here. Let's talk about the connection. Here we go. So we have this connection between God and ourselves. And we have these. How many, knows, how many guys know what this is? A red, a red solo cup. You guys know the song? We're not singing it. I'm just saying, we're not singing it. <laughs> Sounds like some of you guys have sung any of these before. Right? Some, some of you laughing. I got it. Some of you may have talked into these before. Some of you may have prayed into these before. Oh, God. Not again. Yeah. Well, it doesn't do any good because you've got to have it connected. Right? So I kind of visualize that this is God and this is me and this is the Holy Spirit that ties us together. So we have a perfect connection and a straight line to God 24-7. No problem. So we hear Him clearly every day. We understand His Word clearly every single day. And we never get our sweatpants on wrong. <laughs> but we do. We do. So I don't know how about you guys are, but this is kind of how my phone looks. On certain days. Some days it looks worse than this, but this is kind of, this is kind of what happens to my communications with God. Don't ever misunderstand. This is connected to this. We are sealed by what Christ did on the cross for us, for you and for me, for eternity. But we do this. And we get it kind of... I can't even get this together. We get it kind of messed up. And that's what happens. You see, when, when believers don't let the Spirit be the Spirit, and we don't let the Spirit be that connection, and we don't use the Spirit for what it's for, the Spirit was given to us by God, by Jesus Christ, to be the advocate. Another. Another one. Just like the other one. Kind of thing. He's our helper. Our counselor. He's the one that's going to explain stuff to us. He's also going to be the one to convict us. And unfortunately, unfortunately, growing up um, in a Baptist church, this little Baptist boy years ago heard about uh, the Holy Ghost. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost was a convictor. They didn't tell us all the other stuff. They didn't tell us all the other stuff. So it's, it's difficult to relate, for some of us, to a Holy Spirit that's tender and is kind and is compassionate. It's tough. 
But sometimes it breaks down. And it's unfortunate for that. Because our culture sometimes doesn't seem to get it. This is a book I've been reading. I've read this a few times. It's called The Forgotten God. It's a great read. It's written by a guy by the name of Francis Chan. I want to read something in here that he says. This is what he's he's talking about the Spirit. He says, I'm willing to bet that there are millions of churchgoers across America that cannot confidently say they have experienced Him, the Holy Spirit, present or action in their lives over the past year. And many of them, many of them, don't believe that they can experience the Spirit. I shared this earlier, and Pastor Gordon from up here has said many times, this is not a shaming thing, church. This is a revealing thing. This is a revealing thing. We have a gift. We have a gift to the Holy Spirit. We need to receive it. So let me go back and so what happened? You know, how did how did we go from here, this simple to here? And, and you know, I guess I guess we get here. We know that, right? I mean, you you're telling me I you know the mess that you guys have had this past year. I mean, you throw COVID in this, and you throw everything else in this, and your relations in this, and unemployment with this, and all the problems that happen in life, and it doesn't take long for it to, to get like this. But how does it get over here? Like this. Let's take a look at Ephesians. As I said, the Spirit is with us. From the time we accept Christ, we have it. The connection is there. But listen to this. Now, the Spirit that came at Pentecost is described as being the winds that blowed through with fire. So some of the old versions in the Bible would say, I'm going to read this as the, the do not grieve the Spirit. Some say do not quench. I like quench because it, it's a better image for, for my little head to understand, to see it. Do not quench. So let me read this. Do not quench the Holy Spirit for with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, got it? You're hooked. You're connected. Believers, you're on. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Get that out. That is what's quenching the Spirit in your life. So what do we do? We're to be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you and He forgave me. So wouldn't it be wonderful? Okay, you guys watch, because this is what's going to happen now. If I would just shake this, pull it, and it came out perfectly straight. Wouldn't that be cool? You guys want to see me do that? I can just shake this, all these knots will come out, and it'll be perfectly straight. That would be a pretty neat trick. But I can't do it. I can't do that. Jesus does that for me. Jesus does that for you. If John the Baptizer were here today, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God 
who takes all the knots out, takes all the sin out. Even David knew that that mess over there, the mess that was in his heart, made it tough for the communications with God. So if you're not hearing, you're not listening, you don't think he's moving, you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting, take a check. Take a check. Do you have any bitterness, rage, anger, brawling? Are you kind, compassionate? Just kind of check it out. See where you're at. So, that's the connection. We're going to move on a little bit farther down the plane trap here. So we're not busy. Let's take a look at that. Anybody relate to that this past year with COVID? You guys busy? You guys got plenty of time on your hands? I don't know what you, I don't. I'm pretty busy. We've got things going all the time. We don't stop and, and you know, smell the roses. We don't stop and spend time with the Lord. We don't spend time with the book that he has written for us. We just are too, too busy. I want to share a little story with you. This goes back in the early 2001-2002 range of time when um, I was at another church and we were starting up a worship team and the worship team was trying to get all their equipment together and they really didn't have any money to do that. So we kind of went out in the community and we, you know, we had some charity drives and so forth to try to raise some money. And in, in the midst of all this, we had one of uh, somebody that donated these speakers, big 15-inch I mean, they were woofers of big tweeters and everything. But the outside, the cabinets were ugly. Actually, too ugly to put up on the platform. So I told them, I said, you know what? We're going to take those. I'm going to take them, and I'm going to make new speaker cabinets for them. I'm going to get some oak paneling, nice oak stuff. It would match it. It's going to really look good. And not only that, but my dad, who, has re who was retired at the time, he had a workshop, and he's done a lot of woodworking, so he'll knock this thing out in a heartbeat. So I told the worship team, we're going to have them Sunday. I went out and bought the lumber, went over to my dad's, I called him up, said, Dad, I'm coming over, and uh, I've got a project I want to work with you on, and get it done. He says, good, son, I'll be glad to see you. So I went over there, pulled down the driveway, his driveway is about 100 feet long, and he's standing in the garage and waved to me, hey, I'm glad you came over. Got all the wood out, set it up, took the big cuts, big pieces down to smaller pieces. And I gave him, I said, here's the drawings. This is what it's going to look like. You got it? Yeah, 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 I got it. So this is going to go here. We're gonna, I, I got it, I got it, okay. And then we're going to cut, yeah, I, I got it. Okay, good. He has it. I'm a busy guy. At the time, I was working probably close to 50 hours a week uh, on my day job. And I was traveling coast to coast quite a bit, and I was trying to work in the church for about 10 hours a week. I was a very busy guy long before I had this shirt because I was an important guy. I mean, I was a somebody, man. Right? I was important. And I didn't have a lot of time. So I left my dad, and I figured I'll call him in a few days, probably come over and pick him up, put a little stain on him, we're done. So I called him and said, hey, how about I come over and work on the cabinets? He said, that's great, come on over. So I drove over there, pulled in the driveway, I'm looking down the driveway, and there's my dad, standing in the garage. How you doing? Glad to see you, son. Hi, Dad. 
And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and where's the cabin? Where's the cabin? He said, well, come here, right, they're right here. See, just they're pull, they're underneath the workbench, just pull them out here, and we can get started on them. I said, Dad, you haven't done a thing since I left. I said, he obviously didn't understand how busy I am, right? He didn't understand how important I was and how little time I had. He didn't do anything. So I was a little aggravated. So we worked on him for a little bit longer, and I says, okay, Dad, now are you sure you got this? I got it, I know. I said, do you know how important this is to me? I got to get this done. I've made commitments. I told him I'd have him here in a week. I mean, we're not getting close. He said, I know. I know. It's okay. So I left, fuming. Not at him. I respect my father. And uh, a few days later, I call him up, and I said, hey, Dad, I'm going to come over to see how the camera's going. He said, yeah, come on over. I'll be glad to see you. Pulled in the driveway, and again, here it was. Not even touched. I realized he had no intention of working on those when I wasn't there. He had no intention. He wanted me to be there with him so he could teach me how to use his air gun. So he could teach me how to use the saws. So he could teach me how to have patience when things didn't fit together to work it out. He could have fixed it. God can fix this. There isn't anybody here that has a problem that God cannot fix like that. Maybe he just wants to see you again. I don't know. Again, I'm not the famous guy. But that's what the relationship was. As we waited for him my dad taught me, let me go back, let's take a look at James. This, this, it brought James so clear to me. Let me just read this. That just as the trials and tribulations, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, and I like to put the word in there, teaching of your faith produces perseverance, and it goes on from there. That, that instance with my dad gave me total different understanding of that. Can God fix this stuff? Yes. Maybe we just want to spend some time with us. <clears throat> Maybe God just wants to have us come into his life for a minute and slow down. I would love to go over and see my dad this afternoon and pick up another project. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. My dad had one more lesson to teach me, and that was about listening with intention. Do you listen? Do you listen with intention? I remember sitting in a chair next to my father's bed, and I was watching him breathe. You see, my father, it's about a year or so after the cabinets, my father was in his final stages of being birthed 
into heaven. He was going through the labor pains of being birthed. And I sat there and watched his breathing, and I knew I had some things that I wanted to tell him, so I leaned into him. I got close to him. Got off my chair, I walked over, and I leaned in and said, Dad, when you see the face of Jesus, go to him as fast as you can. As fast as you can. I sat back down again. I watched him breathe. I said, well, I've got another thing I want to tell my dad. <clears throat> so I walked up to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I leaned into him even closer. And I said, <clears throat> Excuse me. I said, Dad, I love you. I love you. And I watched his chest expand. And I leaned into him really close. I mean, really close. And I heard the last words that my dad had to say for me. As Jesus Christ tells us in the book of John 14, 15, Bruce Wilkinson shares that similar story or that similar feeling with the disciples. I think they finally are starting to get it, that he's going to be gone. He's tried to reassure them, and they're walking through the garden, they're walking through the vineyard, and he's trying to explain to them what's going to happen. And I just have a sense that as he walked, this circle, this circle of his followers got closer and tighter around him. Because I think they started to figure this out. He was going to be gone. And I think they wanted to listen with intention. Maybe they wanted to say something intentionally to make sure that Jesus heard them. Are you leaning in? Do you care that much to hear what God has to say to you? The connection is there through the Holy Spirit. Lean in. Lean in. <clears throat> so, my friends, that's the big idea. The big idea for the day is while we're waiting, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. Believers know God is there. Know that the gift of the Holy Spirit is with you so that you can, can do this communications with God and understand the roles of who they are in your life. I want to clear one more thing up, and that's about this shirt. So, I know Vicki and I, we talked about this the other day, or actually this morning. I received this shirt probably, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or so. And she thinks I wore it once. I don't think I did. But I'm not going to, I'm going to walk over, I'm going to talk to you guys. She thinks I didn't. But, the reason I haven't worn it because I don't believe it. And you shouldn't believe it either. You are somebody. You are somebody. Don't let this world define who you are. 
you were defined by a magnificent God that created the universe, that loved you so much that he gave you his son Jesus, that Jesus loved you so much that he gave you the Holy Spirit so that we can continue to communicate with him for how long? Forever. You are important. You are famous in the eyes of God. Believe it, my friends. Believe it. So, next steps. Gordon says I have to have next steps. We have next steps. You guys aren't getting out of here free. All right, so are you listening? Are you listening? You know, I mean, is this, is this in your way? You know, it could be. It gets in my way. Again, I don't always get my sweatpants on, right? Listening to something a little, little straighter. What is God telling you to do in your life? You know, I think sometimes we don't want to listen. Not because we don't think we're going to hear something. Maybe we don't listen because we're afraid we are going to hear something. Maybe we're a little afraid. It says, what if God says move? No, I'm not going to move there. What if God says be kind to that? No, I don't want to be kind to that person. So sometimes it may be just a little bit of resentment on our side. And what are you going to do about it? Well, what I'm doing about it is I'm up here today speaking with you because I feel that's where God has asked me to be here. Gordon has asked me to be here today, but I think there was another one, maybe his boss, <laughs> that asked me to be here. So I thank you for your attention. Again, uh, I hope that uh, the Lord will continue to bless you all and, uh, in everything you do here. And I hope that you can get from there to here and that you will continue to have a blessed relationship with our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Can we thank Obi John for sharing the word of God with us today? So really, it's up to you. Are you going to listen or are you just going to leave? And not do anything about it. That's the way it works. Hey, will you stand with me and receive the blessing of the Lord as you head out here today? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Now go and be the church. <laughs>